ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. Court is now in session. With me, as always, is the man who ain't got time to bleed, Mr. Drew Celestina. Ah, uh, you know, is it sad? It's a little sad that all the great quotes that Jesse Ventura has given us over the years, especially in Predator, namely... I, I have a hard time now separating the art from the man. Well, they kind of because he's a real loon, dude. <laughs> yeah, all the great quotes. You could probably just sum it up in two movies: Predator and Running Man. Yeah, and yeah. I I did that one because this week actually marks the twentieth anniversary of Predator. Twenty. Twenty. No, uh, thirty. Thirty, yeah, 30. sir. Thirty. <laughs> Can I say? Wait a minute. <laughs> It's 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 immortal. It, it really is. It's a great movie that holds up to this day. Absolutely does. And uh, the the re well, I don't want to call it a remake. Whatever whatever the next one is, I am confident it's done by Shane Black, the dude who was the actor in the original one. And yeah. Shane Black delivers. You know, most times out, you can count on quality from Shane Black. He's a good director, but I mean, just because he was in Predator doesn't mean he can direct Predator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Okay, folks, we are here again today. We had to change up our schedule a little bit for this week, uh, possibly for. Uh, exciting uh, opportunity for the show we'll see how that develops um potential we'll see no guarantees yes we are actually uh doing this old school uh, we used to record the show on friday night and then it would post the next wednesday we decided to change things up to make the show as current as possible we switched to recording on tuesday nights but here we are on friday night and there's a good reason for it Drew, what's the reason that we're recording on Friday night? It's game night? Well, I mean, that is always a good reason to gather for the gaming of the boards. Um, but we're not recording on Tuesday because you have an event you're going ah, to. I do have an event I'm yes. going to. I'm sorry. Yeah, I missed, I misconstrued your, your question. Um, yeah, so as you may or may not know, if you listen to the show for any length of time, I hope you know, uh, something of a beer guy. Um, way into craft beer and have been for a long, 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 long time. So uh, don't uh, judge me too harshly based on, you know, the stereotypical craft beer hipster with his, you know, twirly mustache and, and V-neck <laughs> shirt and whatnot. Um, that whole thing came around after I'd already been well invested into the whole thing. And Although I would not besmirch you the curly mustache. I, can't. I think you could pull that off. Uh, talk whether, to me. Talk whether to me. or not you're physically capable of growing it, yeah, that's a different thing. But if you, should you be able to, you'd be able to pull it Wait off. Wait till November, and uh, you'll see if it's possible or not. <laughs> and it's Yeah. Anyway, so I've been uh, a big beer aficionado for many, many years. Arguably, arguably? No, factually. Before I was even legally... Uh, able to drink but we don't discuss that anyway um so my favorite brewery by a mile um is a brewery called stone and they are out of san diego california yep and um i love the beer that they make i love their facilities in california they are second to none and i've been to a lot of breweries and none of them can touch the, the 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 quality of facilities that stone has in terms of their bistro their restaurants magical like beautiful stunning 
beers are great. Facilities are great. Um, their ethos really lines up with me. And the founder, the co-founder of Stone Brewing, uh, Mr. Greg Cook, will be at Coulter Bay here in Buffalo on Tuesday. This is a very big deal for me. Um, Stone's a, a big, they're, they're kind of in the craft brewing world. They are kind of a big deal. Like, yeah, they're a big deal. I'm just going to put that out there. They're a big deal. And Greg is a kind of a magnetic figure. And I know, again, a guy that I really admire and look up to and, and comes down to philosophy and ethos and all that. Um, he's kind of my spirit animal. So this dude's coming to Buffalo and he's going to be at, uh, at Coulter Bay on Tuesday. I will be there. I am going straight from work and I will be, I'll be attending the whole evening. So I'm very excited about that. So that's, so that's what's happening on our normal recording day. So we had to kind of adjust the schedule accordingly. And you are going to try and snag an interview with him for our show here. I will try. We'll try. Be bold, sir. Greg, you Greg's saw, a busy you guy. Saw what happens when you take bold steps? I, I have seen. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if I can uh, muster some of your mojo and make that happen. <laughs> Alrighty. So it's been uh, two, three days. Yeah. Two two full days since, since we last we record, met. Since last we met, and we recorded. So how how was your two days? Um, it's been fun actually, because it seems to me anyway, casually observing um, our Facebook page, because um, you you take care of all the all the social stuff. Yes. So I'm just kind of seeing notifications here and there, and I and I don't get too bogged down. But it seems to me that we have ourselves some new fans and new listeners. And that's exciting to me. So I would just like to say to them, welcome aboard, and we hope you enjoy the show. And thank you, yes, for giving us a shot. Absolutely, the podcast world is a is a heavily populated world. There's a lot out there to choose from. It's saturated, sir, and it's and Lord knows our past couple episodes they've been a time commitment. Yeah, There's, yeah. So, but we definitely appreciate you giving the show a shot. I li- I, I can't complain. I listen to a three hour podcast every week. Yeah. I, so, you know. I've got probably between 10 and 15 podcasts I listen to oh, I mean, throughout I, the week. Yeah, I listen to many, but there's, yeah, one, yeah. there's one show in particular that is a, a regular three-hour plus every week. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Nice. So, we're not going to ask that kind of time for you regularly, if ever. But the past couple, yeah, we've, 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 been, we've been in that two-hour mark. So, yeah. We're going we're gonna to work on keeping it a little tighter for you. We'll pare it down a, a, a touch. So, um, not a lot's going on in the last couple of days. Um, I've I've done a little bit of uh, shrine hunting in Zelda. Um, I'm upgrading some of my armor sets. Uh, I yeah, it's still no closer to beating. No, not really. It's 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 like I said on your Facebook page. The people of Hyrule cried out to Drew, "Save us!" Drew looked down and whispered to them, "No." I, and I replied, not no, <laughs> just eventually. Yes. <laughs> I will save Hyrule eventually. Uh, yep. In the meantime, you know, this armor ain't going to upgrade itself. I got I to, you know, like Batman, I have prep time. I'm using my prep time to face off with Ganon. Alrighty. So, yeah, that's really uh, all that's really gone on. Um, had a band practice. We got a show coming up next weekend. Uh, at the Rock and Buffalo Saloon on Saturday the seventeenth. So if you all want to come out to that, I'd appreciate it. That'd be great. Um, we're gonna be uh, discounting some merchandise and uh, trying to clear the decks a little bit. And uh, that's really it. That's what's up. And here we are at game night. So 
bring it on, man. How about uh, you? How was your last couple of days? Last couple of days have been fun. Um, been getting in some time with Tekken 7 mm-hmm. and really enjoying it. Uh, getting a feel for the game. Again, it's been a long time since I played a Tekken game. Um, have managed to get some online matches in. Um, it, it's it's interesting because you can kind of... I wouldn't say online in any fighting game is ideal for training. You always want like in-person, ver- person versus person. Sure. Um, but you can kind of gauge where your skill level is at from online. Um, and I, like I, I was going through my first couple matches, and I was I was winning, I was feeling good, and then, no. then I ran up against someone who showed me how far I've yet to go. <laughs> still, so you're still the proverbial wad of cookie dough, pretty much in Fight Club uh, parlance. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, but it's a lot of fun getting used to it using Jin. Um, probably gonna pick up King, okay? Because I know. I know how much you you love the Rainmaker, even though it's just a glorified clothesline. It's a, it's a, so, it's a lariat, sir, it's, and there is a difference. It's a glorified clothesline. Uh, it, the lariat used to be a finisher before WWF made it into a common move. Kind of like the DDT used to be Jake the Snake's finisher, and now it's just another move. Don't um, don't don't blame Okada and his awesome Rainmaker for you know years of other people ruining the business. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and also more X-Wing. Ah. So, actually got a couple of tournaments coming up I'm going to take a shot at. And tweaking, Look at you! Tweaking, stepping into the tournament ranks. Yeah, yeah. Tweaking squads and uh, just kind of finding what works. Learning the... I'm, I'm more comfortable with the meta, but I'm still learning it. Okay. Um. So yeah, are you anticipating a, a successful tournament uh, performance? Or well, for first couple tournaments, I would be happy to get out of like the first or second round. Okay. Um. I mean, there's a world of difference. I think in any sort of whether it's fighting games or you know something like a this type of game where there's a difference between casual matches and competition matches. Sure. So casual matches, like I've been going to uh, Collectors Inn on Thursday nights, and it's a great group of guys there. They're really friendly, really helpful and everything. Those are casual matches. Competition matches, that's going to be a different story. Like if I forget to do an action or something like that, they're not going to point it out to me because that sure. doesn't help them. No, exactly. That makes sense. So, In a competition or in a tournament or whatever, do you bring your own ships? Yes. Bring your own squad. So you have it's kind of like your own proverbial deck in a way. Like you know your squad. Yes. And you're going up against someone else's squad. Yep. How do you know if you're comparably matched? Um, It's. Is it a gamble? It's not so much a gamble as it is checks and balances. Okay. Um, There is, like I mentioned, there is a meta to the game where there are certain things that are. You will see common in tournaments. Like right now, uh, the pilot Biggs is very prominent in tournaments because of his pilot skill. He forces you to target him if he's within certain range. So if you fly Biggs and then you put R2-D2 on him, and R2-D2 gives you back a shield if you perform a certain maneuver, so then you've got one ship that has to be targeted 
and two other ships that can kind of do kind of hand because so Biggs is basically there as a damage sponge, mm-hmm. and then you've got two other ships, preferably two other ships that can do your fighting for you. Okay, so it's it's like when you start building squads, you kind of approach from the philosophy of okay, like I start out, how many ships can I get in here? Then I learned it's kind of quality over quantity. Yeah, I, it makes you want you want to pair them well. And, yeah, I, yeah, ideal is three ships. Three. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. So you have a hundred points to work with, and I've got two, uh, two squads that I'm kind of meandering back and forth between using for the tournament. One is uh, is an Imperial squad, uh, two Tie fighters, and a Decimator, and the Tie fighters are there basically just to kind of feed the Decimator. Uh, feed him additional actions, increases attack power, things like that. And then I've got another squad that's a rebel squad with the Millennium Falcon on Solo. So hmm. I've only flown that one once, and I'm still kind of tinkering with it. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm I am not regretting all getting involved in this game. It's incredibly fun. All right, and just like just building the squads is half the fun. Playing the game is awesome, but once you get an understanding of the deeper game and learning kind of what works with what best and, you know, gaining their saying of sometimes, you know, it's good to have a ship that isn't necessarily an attack powerhouse. That's kind of more out there for support. You know, that's, that's a lot of fun. It's really cool. Nice. So, yeah, that's been pretty much my week. Crying it out with William, still going going great <laughs> he's like he barely fusses now when we put him down good to bed so whew. hello sleep hello hello sleep it's, it's been, been a while it's been some time more so for julie than for me she's been <laughs> she she is the true champion of our household she does so much more on a daily basis and i don't I don't say that I appreciate it nearly as much as I should publicly, but yeah, so she's happy for the sleep. Good. Good. Sleep. All right. So yeah. All right, folks. If you want to tell us about your week, if you want to ask us some questions, if you want to make some comments on the show, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at the following social media outlets. On Twitter, you can follow us at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to facebook.com slash devils do pod. You can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on the devils do podcast.com. Our website actually got some suggestions on the website this week. Oh, good. I'm all ears and I'll try and make them happen. If I think they're worth my time and effort, (laughs) I was waiting for that. I was like, I was like, mm, there's Drew. It's a time and effort thing, man. This is this is uh, not a paying enterprise, so I gotta balance it out with uh, everything else going on. So yeah, yeah. So uh, since it's only been about two full days since we last recorded, not a lot of news really has not happened. A ton um, tonight during the game for the NBA Finals, they are going to premiere the. Uh, First teaser trailer for Black Panther. So we may, depending on how the night goes, we may jump back on the microphones and give you a quick reaction to that. Um, see the poster? I did see the poster. What'd you think of the poster? I like it. Um, it's. I like it in concept. 
Yeah. In execution, it looks fake. Yeah, the the presentation is is a bit off. It mm. go on. Mm. I t- see. I mm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If there's one universal problem I have with pretty much every superhero film where the superhero wears something to cover their ah, face. Yes, I was waiting for that to is FaceTime. Actors got to get their face out. They there. sure do. Goes You know what? Ironically enough, the DC movies are are the are the least offenders of this because when you think about it, they don't have much of an opportunity to offend Superman, Wonder Woman, don't wear a mask. Batman's been really good about keeping the mask on. Yeah. Um but like even going back to the Sam Raimi Spider Man's Oh, every opportunity he had to oh take the mask off. He no, would take the mask geez, off. It drove folks. me nuts too. Secret identity. Yeah. Secret. Secret. Yeah. To conceal a truth. <laughs> Secret. <laughs> Break it down. Um Yeah, but you know what though? And I can see already it's it's been a problem in Iron Man. It's been a problem. It sure as Heckfire has been a problem in Captain America. Heckfire. Language. <laughs> wow, got, we got Ned Ryerson over here. <laughs> no. <laughs> I sure as Heckfire remember you. Oh, my God. Um, um, it's Yeah, it's definitely been a problem in Captain America. I can yeah. see already it's going to be a problem in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, kind, Maybe. New shots have been released. It's fine. That's for every shot of him no, without it. There's. It's not fine. You have a secret identity. Keep the damn mask on. Language. Um, yes, I agree with you in sentiment. But uh, yeah, Hollywood loves to. The actors got. It's, do they, they? I'm sure their agents have it contractually written that their their face must be exposed. X percentage of time in the film, and definitely X percentage of time on or time, and however many posters there are. It must be this much. Their face must be shown in this much, you know, percentage of the overall surface area of the poster. I don't mind the posters as much, even though I think movie posters is kind of a lost art form. Oh yeah, they're all um, just kind of ha- you know slap yeah. slipshod uh, slap dash together nowadays. Although, and we have we have credited the films as being good in the past. The Star Wars posters are still. It's not the Force Awakens was a little eh. The the Last Jedi poster is legit. The Rogue One poster as well. Um, I like which montages. One? I like like I I miss the painted ones myself. Yes, yes, the, the, that's could, the lost yeah, art. They could definitely go back to those. But um, but no, the posters I don't mind. It's the in the actual film itself mm-hmm. because we're not talking. They're not in costume for the entire film, right? Like, come on, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, you're going to get your FaceTime, Steve. Put your cap helmet back on. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're uh, in combat. Put the helmet on. Yeah, I feel you. Totally. <sighs> so, yeah. It's okay. So, yeah. Deep um, breaths. It'll Black be fine. Panther, I, it's probably going to be awesome. Can't I, wait for it. But when they do show Black Panther with the mask on, like in Civil War. Oh, it looks fantastic. He looks awesome. It looks awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see what that trailer looks like. Yep. Um, I'm. I'm actually. I'm, I have not been following the production of. Uh, I try to stay pretty much 
as spoiler free as I can nowadays. So I don't really follow like, oh my god, did you see the, the new behind the scenes yeah, yeah. picture? I, I I really don't, you know. If, you do if, a couple trailers and then you're good, right? I, you know, show me a little bit if it if I trust it and it looks cool in the trailer, you, you've got me. I'll go check it out. Yeah. So I don't. I really don't know what the the whole aesthetic of Black Panther is going to look like on screen. So I'm actually very curious to see what. What what do we got? What's yeah. Wakanda look like? And you know, like we're going deeper into this world. What what is it? So yeah, pretty stoked. Sweet could be, should be. Yep. Um, um I, yeah. Next week is probably be much more news filled because this weekend is E three. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We'll be talking. We will be talking. Uh, in case you don't know, on this show we indulge our passions. Um, we and we have many gaming being pretty big between both of us actually both video yeah. games and board mm-hmm. games um but yeah video game video game christmas is coming up uh in the next within the next week uh the e3 conference is where all the big companies show off their next their all their big plans for the yeah. year although some you know some plans get pushed out a little further than a year yeah, but but in general it's just a big uh look at me show for the industry it seems in recent years the big three sony nintendo microsoft have kind of pulled back a little from e3 like not really done the big blockbuster announcements at e3 but done them at kind of at their own press conferences either before or afterwards well i mean sony and microsoft still do the big e3 bonanza nintendo in the, for the last few years has not um they've basic i mean they still do they're still there they have floor space and they have hands-on demos of whatever it is they're bringing to the show yeah. but they don't do the big stage show anymore um, because they've basically owned, they, they kind of pioneered and now really stick to the Nintendo Direct um, concept, yeah. where they just do a Nintendo Direct presentation every few months, actually, um, spotlighting a certain game or library, and they do a special one for E3. So they just they get their own message out there. There's, there's going to be a date and a time during the conference where they're going to air it, and immediately following their presentation which is pre-recorded and everything. It's not live yep. on a stage. Uh, the floor is open. Here's here's everything we talked about in the video, in the, in the presentation, and here's our floor space. Go play the games. Yeah. No stage fluff. But at the same time, part of E3, at least as a fan, because it's not a fan event, really. It's a press event, technically. But fans have... We, 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 it's know, open to the public this year. So oh, that's, I see, think that's, it was last year, too. So that's a big change. It used to be just strictly for press, but fans want... You know, video game yeah. fans are rabid. We want anything we can get. So fans follow this stuff, like, you know, with a, with a passion. So part of the thing that I kind of miss about, well, Nintendo, ba- you know, backing away, but Sony and Microsoft still do it, and, you know, it still gets fun, is, like, the really awkward awfulness of some of these presentations. Yeah. Like, when it gets really, you know, yep. when jokes don't quite land, yep. and they send out this guy that's supposed to be, like, the hype man, and, it, and the crowd is just dead for it yep. and he's got to be up there squirming i i kind of like that <laughs> like see people fail well companies especially yeah well no i know that sony does they do playstation experience yeah so yeah, they yeah, do yeah. like e3 and then i think they do two different playstation experiences at different points throughout the year i'm pretty sure one is in december okay to kind of hype the year coming up and then i think another one's a halfway point between december and e3 so um so yeah That'll be that'll be fun. Predictions? Um, well, y- you have... Th- the big three are in three distinctly different places. 
Yeah. Right now in their in their console lives. You have Sony, which is currently has a commanding lead. In the home console space, yeah. In the home console space. Um, so they're just kind of in the let's maintain Sure. That's mode. A, and f- to be frank, that's really all they have to do. But yeah. but I would not like to see them coast. Yeah, no, no, yeah. You definitely want to see good stuff. You have Nintendo, which is, okay, we have... We have this great new console out there. Yep. Um, we need to get more units out there, but we need yeah, to give they people will. a reason to buy the units. So yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think unlike past years, we're going to see a little bit more from Nintendo this year just to kind of you know get the hype train going a little quicker to give the people a reason to buy Switch beyond Zelda. Hey, man. Don't get me, I'm not knocking Zelda. I'm just saying right now, if you are not a huge Zelda fan, you really don't have a reason to buy a Switch. Uh, no, but if you're not a huge Zelda fan, play Breath of the Wild and you will become a huge <laughs> Zelda fan. <laughs> and, then, and then you've got Microsoft, who's kind of huddled in the corner, crying in the well, of their own urine, begging people to buy their console. Well, we talked about this. They're going to announce whatever Scorpio, Scorpio is. And let me t- So basically, so Microsoft's in the position that Sony was in with the PS3. They had big success with the previous console, Yep, and they got cocky. Oh, yeah. They got real cocky. I still remember those Sony conferences, and I never hated a company more than when I had to watch them spout their crap about the PS3 and what a what a revolution it would be and how you would have to earn it, and you couldn't just go out and buy one because it was so above your, your sophisticated, you poor people. It's so far yeah, above yeah. you that you have to work two jobs to get one, and you'll thank us for it. I remember all that, and I never hated a company more. And then Microsoft comes around, and they're like, yeah, it's you're going to have to... It's 100 gonna- bucks cheap. It's too... No, it's three hundred bucks. Well, I'm kind of getting this up to, up to date. Yeah. So Microsoft, you know, had the huge success with 360, and then comes time for the one, and you're you're looking at a system with a hundred dollar price tag higher than the PS4. Yep. Um, the Connect included. No one cares. Or oh, it was going to be mandated. Mandated. Well, at first though, it was like it was going to be mandated yeah. as part of the part of the package. We can't just. It's, it's part of the deal. We can't take it away. So get used to it. We don't want it, dude. So okay. And uh, so $100 more, mandated with this thing. For $100 more, the system, in terms of power, isn't even as good as the PS4. And then that whole, like, game uh, had to be connected to the internet, mandatory install. You couldn't share games with friends and all that stuff. Yep. Oh, God, Sony ate their lunch on that so hard. And and that was it. There was was no winning at that point for them. That was two years ago now. Yep. That year, Sony simply could have come out and said, it's 100 bucks cheaper. I think it was three, three years ago. It's, it's this powerful. Don't have to be connected to the internet. You can share your games. Night that was folks. it. Yeah. That, that's, and that's all they had to do. That's all they did. I remember, the, I remember the day of E3, and Sony put out that video, like, here's how you share a game with PlayStation 4. And the one <laughs> guy hands his game to the other guy, and they, and they smile. It was like, oh, my God. You just, yeah. you just set fire to Microsoft's whole... Thing before they even got their foot out the door. Yep. And that's so, where Microsoft's at right now. Yeah, Microsoft is in serious catch-up mode. Uh, they're going to announce Scorpio. I'm not... Who is it for? What is it for? I don't know. I don't... I'm really worried that gaming consoles are going to start to be like cell phones. Every two years, you got to get a little refresh? Yep. Well, I hate to be... A real, I'm going to throw Nintendo Which under means, the bus. Listen to me. I'm going to well, throw Nintendo under the bus here. Okay. Mark this down on your calendar. The day, the, ones that started the day Drew the did this. Not the Wii U. No, God, no, no, no. Um, 
the the the, the Game Boy, the DS line, the 3DS line. Oh, I have a question for you. They're notorious for, Nintendo is notorious for incremental hardware upgrades. And I hate it every time. It's like, dude, let me ride this out. You just put this thing out. I don't want to upgrade. I just bought this two years ago. Now home console, but those are portable. So, you know, you accept a little bit of, I don't want to say accept, but it's existed there. Home consoles now? We can't even get a five-year shelf life anymore? You're going to tell me you're going to put out a new version every two years? Oh, my God. Well, no. Think, no. I think that's going to backfire on them because people are going to, like, yeah, you'll have some people who have to get every single one. But if I know this is the way it's going to go now, I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm not going to get the first yeah. one. Yeah. So, let me ask you this then. Although, on that, on I, will note, say, I will say, Sony, Sony has a special limited edition ps4 hour right now one terabyte and it's gold oh, i was oh. like that's well that's, that's kind of sweet looking i if i had the disposable income i might get that i'll, re- I'll remember to ask you to ask me what you were going to ask me but before i do that so the scorpio thing we don't know what it's going to be or whatever yeah but sony's already got the ps4 pro yep i already feel like the, the waters are getting muddy i don't know the re- i mean i'm sure there are benefits to the pro i'm sure there are there has to be yeah there's but better looking games, but not night and day. The people who I've spoken to who have either or, yeah, if they got the initial PS4, they didn't feel the need to upgrade. Okay, the people who waited were just like, okay, I'll just get the pro. Okay, so I think you're going to find a lot of that. If again, if this is where the market is headed, you're going to have again, you're gonna, it's it's like with cell phones, like with my phone, with I'm because I'm an iPhone user, I go. I would go like the S cycle. Sure. I would get like my first iPhone was the uh, the 3G. Okay. And then they came out with the 4. I didn't get the 4. But then like they did the 4S or whatever. The 4S. Yeah, okay. Right. So yeah, I would I would wait for the slightly better model. And if if video game systems go that way as long as as long as you don't get left behind. Yeah, as long as you don't get left behind like if I can if I decide to buy into the first model and I spend like two years building up a library for that, as long as I can use everything from that library and new model, I'm fine. If that's the that's way you want to do it. That's my fear, though. I don't think they're that stupid. I hope not. It's And it's not even it's not necessarily a matter of the new one supports your back library. I think that's always going to be the case. My fear is, oh, this new game's coming out, and sorry, early adopter, but you can't play it on yeah. your on your base model. Yeah, that is a deal breaker for me. Yeah, because and I know I don't think they'll do that. Because perfect example, Horizon. Mm-hmm. Horizon came out. I've got a PlayStation Four standard. I can. I've got Horizon. I play Horizon. It looks great. They're yeah. like, you can play on PlayStation Four. If you play it on PlayStation Pro, it's going to look a lot prettier. But the experience, the gameplay experience, is going to be the same. Then I'm not. I don't. So, have, I don't yeah. need it. But as long I, as I there's don't, as long as there's that. I have. I don't really have a desire to get a PlayStation Pro for uh, the following two reasons. One, I don't have 4K television. Okay. And two, I don't care about virtual reality. Then you, yeah, I'm with you. I yeah, I'm with you. Um, so slipping back around, you wanted to ask me. Yes. Um, I heard actually on a podcast I listened to today, uh, Video Game Apocalypse, which I would highly recommend for you to listen to. It's really good. Okay. Um. That Nintendo said that going forward, it's just the Switch. They're not developing any more DSs after the one they've got coming out now. Oh, I've not heard that at all. Okay. All right. Um, I was just curious. Now, 
I mean, that here's would make sense. Yeah, here's the thing: the 3ds, it, it's it's still um um um, it's a it's a Goliath. Like the 3ds yeah. line is their most successful. It's arguably the most successful thing ever. Um. Well, the DS, the 3DS is probably second to it. Actually, I don't even know this. I don't know the figures, but it's yeah. very successful. A lot of games out there. A lot of a lot of systems out there. It is at an at an age though where it's like might be time to wind it down. Um, I, just, I don't see the sense in continuing to develop not necessarily software for it or functionality for it, mm-hmm. but putting the resources behind developing another successor to DS when you have the Switch and you're making this big, bold statement that the Switch is portable. It's portable, but it's still considered a home console. And that's my... I'm not... And this is not me. I have no... I'm not defending Nintendo's position here, so don't accuse me of uh, being the fanboy that I am. I have no... Real. I'm just going to try to explain Nintendo logic. I never accuse you, sir. I simply let your words speak for themselves. I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> um, I know the games I like. Um, where they? Wh- the thing is, though, it's not. It's portable, but it's not as conveniently sized and, and portable as a 3ds. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a dedicated portable. Is I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me where they where they might say like, okay, here's the new 4DS or whatever you want to call it, like the new the next successor to the to their true portable line. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Not not this year. I don't expect them to come out at E3 yeah. and and say that. But well, they've got the 2D X. Right. That, y. Yeah. The 2DS XL. Square root of four. 2DS XL. It's very simple. So it's basically a non-3D-capable 2DS, or 3DS, Yeah, which is fine. I don't need it. It's antiquated, but it's another model that they can get out there and get people's hands. This thing's still selling. That's, that's, yeah, it's... 3DS probably has another two to three years left in it, I think, honestly. Okay. Um, and after that, all bets are off. I really don't know what, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but the Switch is the Switch. People seem to really like it. Um, the library might be limited, but the the users that have them are really into it. Not just the and it's not a matter of just like the games; it's a matter of the potential of the system and yeah, and, the, and in, the using of it. It's like this is the it's all here. Just give me the games. Yeah, the, and we've we've talked about that before about how I'm excited for the potential of the system. That's because right now, currently, I have no reason to buy a Switch. I like the system. I think it's going to be really cool about a year or so from now. Sure. But I've got no reason to... Pony up the 300 pony up the bucks. Money now. Yeah, I feel you. Just no, for... Totally. Like, like, I could say, yeah, I could get, you know, Mario Kart 8, but I could go out and get that for my Wii U if I wanted to. Not deluxe, but yes. Eh. Um, you know, Ultra Street Fighter 2. Great game, know. but you have it for other, other yeah. systems. Yeah, that's fine. So many versions. So, I'm excited for... Let's see what E3 what, brings. I'm excited for what Nintendo is going to try and do to seduce me. If I know them, they'll find a way. Yeah. I got a feeling this Mario Odyssey game is going to blow minds. I think, I mean, it's Nintendo, it's Mario, it's guaranteed fun. Uh, the two things I'm looking forward to at E3 are the new Sony Spider-Man game. Costume looks terrible, but the <laughs> I was game itself say, looks, that costume. The little bit they've showed, the game itself looks incredible. All right. Um, that and the new Star Wars Battlefront. 
I know you're a Battlefront guy, so the uh, the first gameplay trailer is coming out tomorrow. Actually, all right. So cool times. All right. Well, that went much longer than we anticipated for for not having any news, but we love fun conversations. Little E3 hype never hurt anybody. Exactly. (coughs) So now, uh, now that we're done with the case, we kind of launched into the case files before we did cross examination. It's okay. Uh, We do have a question for cross examination sent in by Mister Adam Malone. He's my bass player wealthy, and my friend. Wealthy young man about town. Renaissance man. Hashtag country living. <laughs> you know where to find him. So his question is, uh, he says, question for the show. Was Drax the character, Drax the Destroyer, um, seen in comics and, and Guardians of the Galaxy, was Drax the character created before or after the name appeared in Ian Fleming's Moonraker as a villain? Uh, published in 1955, Sir Hugo Drax. Who created the character of Drax the Destroyer and what year? Well, Carl. Do we know if the character was Bond fan? Uh, I know we had our crack researchers on this one. Uh, the, the Wikipedia uh, search, in other words. Um, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Drax the Destroyer in Marvel did not come out until 1973. He appeared in uh, Iron Man number 55. He was created by uh, Mike Friedrich and Jim Starlin. Jim Starlin, who basically is like the godfather of all things cosmic Marvel, basically. Yeah. Um, oh, we do have and news. Just thought. Okay, we'll get to that in a yeah, second. Yeah. Sure. Um I don't know that he was a uh, a Bond fan, but um, it's possible. Bond was a big deal for you know his since his inception, basically. Yeah. So it's very possible that that uh, was there. Yep. Especially since if Moonraker, well, although the, the, I think if I'm not mistaken, the plot of the book of Moonraker is vastly different than that of the movie, which was just, which was you know yeah, yeah. Bond sci-fi schlock. I don't think that the uh, the book was that way. Adam would know because he's read all the Bond books. I, w- I also have a Bond expert I can consult with, uh, my financial advisor, Paul. There you go. Um, but, yeah, so Drax the Destroyer, much, much uh, created far after uh, the Bond villain. Yes, created before Marvel Comics. Marvel mm-hmm. Comics proper. Yeah. yeah. It was, they were, were still, still timely. timely or, comics, yeah, timely. So, yeah. Um, so thank you but very thank much, you for the Adam. Appreciate it, folks. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions or comments. Um, quick, I just remembered uh, news. Uh, Marvel Studios made an announcement this week. Did they? That they are giving James Gunn the reins to the entire cosmic sphere of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Okay. And everyone said amen. James Gunn made the deal to get Ego back he did and i mean marvel had to and i was talking about this with a co-worker today that this is exciting news yeah and i'm excited to see more of the cosmic side of marvel beyond guardians of the galaxy yeah but without the silver surfer hold on, Galactus, hold on. there's a big hole there there is a great big hole there and a i wonder bite size hole i wonder if Mr. Gunn can can work his his magic, and and uh, you know, bring back to us, bring back to us. Would you be okay if he got back Silver Surfer and Galactus, but not the Fantastic Four? It's a start. Um, it would help. The Avengers need. I'm not. I'm just going to say it. The Avengers don't have too many like world threatening villains. 
Yeah. Thanos is Thanos is, is coming out. Yeah, that's it. I mean, outside of, you know, the Avengers Loki. villains. Yeah, Loki. You know, but we've seen Loki. Yeah. The Avengers, though, historically have fought Doom. Yep. They have fought Galactus. Yep. Uh, you know, a lot of their villain, uh, you know, entanglements were with the Fantastic Four. So if you get Galactus back in the surfer, suddenly, you know, things get a little more interesting. So I would love to see a Silver Surfer movie. Like, just straight up origin of the Silver Surfer, Norn Rod. Could he um, carry a full movie? That's the question. I think he could. could oh, he? yeah. All right. Yeah. Because you'd have, like, a... Like, you'd have his origin story. You know, Galactus comes to Shambhala, I believe is Shalabal. Shalabal. Um, Galactus comes to Shalabal. He makes the deal with Galactus. And then you just kind of come into a montage of... You show a passage of time. Montage. montage! of him serving Galactus. Sure. I think the only obstacle you run into then is how do you get him to turn away from Galactus because the Fantastic Four work. Yeah. 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 James Gunn. He can do it. Work the magic. We need the Fantastic Four back. We need all of it back. We need it back. Come on. They can fix it. They fixed everything. I hope so. So if he has the cosmic side, does that mean like the Russo brothers have the... The Avengers side God, of it? I hope so. Okay. If if the past two Cap films are any indication... Yeah. Well, they're doing, if it, they're doing Infinity they're War. Doing, yeah, they're doing the next so. two Avengers chapters. Okay. We're jumping around a lot this episode, but we're giving you good stuff. Uh, we are going to do some reviews right now. Uh, we love the character of Daredevil, not only in his Netflix form, but also in his original comic form. Uh, we've fallen, I know I've said this before, we've fallen a little behind with our comic reviews. I apologize for that. It always seems that, like something big happens uh, the same week a Daredevil comic comes out that sucks up a lot of the showtime. We kind of have to trim the fat a bit, even though you wouldn't be able to tell from our last couple episodes <laughs> one time. Uh, but we're definitely going to catch up today. We have uh, yeah, yeah. Daredevil issue 20, which is the culmination of the, the story arc in which we learn how Daredevil regains his secret identity, uh, done written by Charles Soule and art by friend of the show, Mr. Ron Garner. We can say that. We can say that. Um, and now we have, in Daredevil 21, uh, the beginning of a new story arc. So, starting with Daredevil 20, where we left Matt last was the, the Purple Kids. He had defeated uh, the Purple Man. Yep. Purple Kids wanted to do something nice for him. Yes, they did. Now, we kind of predicted where this was going to go. Yes. And, it, spoilers, it, it went exactly as we anticipated. But, but that's not, not exactly. Was, yeah, but, and also, that's not say it was bad. No, 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 no. Like, sometimes you know how to get to a place, but you still really enjoy the ride. Yes. Um, so, the Purple Kids use the particle, well, particle, the, the Purple the Man's, like, amplifier. power amplifier, right? And they they are more powerful when they are together already. Yes. So they use this power amplifier to make basically the world forget that Matt is Daredevil. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. They didn't discriminate. No, and that's what I never... See, as a reader, I didn't, for whatever reason, that, that never, never dawned, occurred. never yeah. occurred to me. So now the world, in, in the comic book that we've been reading, they've kept it kind of mysterious. Matt has left San Francisco. He's back in New York. Different so suit. his girlfriend, Kirsten McDuffie... He's not with her anymore. Yep. We don't elaborate on anything. We don't really elaborate on that. He's, Foggy, also back in San yeah. Francisco. We don't really elaborate on that. 
Matt's a prosecutor in DA's office, which he's never, never been before. Been. Yeah. He's always been a defense lawyer. So things are different. Status quo is different. And up to the past 19 issues, we never, we didn't give that, I don't want to say we didn't give it too much thought, but for whatever reason, I didn't give it that much thought. Yeah. So in issue 20, when the world forgets, he goes to see Kirsten. He goes to see Foggy first. Was it Foggy or Kirsten first? Either way. Okay. And they don't know who he is. He's in costume. Yeah. And they don't know who he is. No, you're right. He did go see Kirsten first. Right. He shows up in costume and he's trying to like be... Uh, like he's 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 acting, he's acting like, like she knows in costume right and she has no idea yeah. that it's matt and I, and then when i read that i was like oh yep. she that's I, really good because he's got a decision to make there in the moment yes he does which he doesn't make because he kind of goes to find foggy Right. And with Foggy, he makes the decision right away. He takes his mask off. Now, when Matt reveals himself, everything that Foggy has forgotten he comes back to him. Because that's the way the Purple Man kind of trip works. Yeah. They, like, you still know what you know, but the the way it works, like, they have been instructed, if you will, that they don't remember that Matt is Daredevil. So they, yeah. in their memory, they just don't put it together. But Matt makes it, once Matt reveals it, Foggy's memories basically are restored. It's, yeah. He's fixed, basically. And Foggy is not happy about that at all. No, but their because relationship is always one where it's, <laughs> it's always tumultuous. Friends, but with, you know, friction. And, and not only in the comics, but we see that again in this week's episode of Daredevil, which, which we'll we're get going to, to yep. get to. Yep. Um, so... Matt makes the decision then not to reveal himself and to go back to New York. Yep. Leaves Kirsten, leaves San Francisco, goes back to New York. Gets And because no one remembers who he is, he gets reinstated as a lawyer. Yeah. He's, he's no longer disbarred in New York. Yep. And becomes the prosecutor. And then he goes to, what, the DA? The DA. And he yeah. basically says, what, I have a plan to, to wipe out to, all the organized crime in New York City. And that's how we end issue 20. Yes. I have a plan, as Matt Murdock, lawyer, to wipe out crime in New York City. Yeah. Okay, sure. Issue 21. I think it might be reaching a bit, Matt, but we'll, he, we got he, faith. He's known to we'll do see, that. We'll see where you go. So, issue 21 um, the is still by Charles Soule. Uh, the art, uh, you got the issue right there. Who's the art by? We have this issue's art is done by Goran Suzuka. I hope I'm saying that right. It's a little harder seems, than Soul. Sorry. Seems to be a trend with the Daredevil contributors. Well, you know. So, yeah, this this issue picks up. New, um, new story arc. This new is, story uh, arc, part su- one. Supreme Part 1. Yes. Uh, Matt is on a stakeout. And Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfus are not to be found. There was a sequel to that, wasn't there? Another stakeout. Wow, they didn't. So there was <laughs> stakeout. Then there was another stakeout. Another stakeout. Memory serves. Then Rosie Jim stakeout was in. Oh, Jim stakeout. <laughs> Did I just make you hungry? Sub sounds really good right about now. Well, we have to f- discuss dinner after this, so well, you know I have to grab on the way home make a little run um yeah um and then there was 48 hours nick nolte and eddie murphy another right another 48 hours That's right yeah 
So anyway, um, Matt's house stakeout. I do not recognize any of these criminals. Are they? From- Nor I. Okay, so. Nor I. Yeah, they're criminals. They're higher tier criminals, but not like super name criminals. They're not super villains or anything. Yeah. Well, they are super villains, but they're not like, you know, they're, A-listers. They're uh, they're top tier henchmen. Sure. They're they're henchmen with names. They're not Bob the Goon. Well, even Bob had a name. Yeah. They're not uh, like they would do in the old Batman television series. Number one, number two. T- t-shirts with Goon A. Yes, Goon correct. B. Now, yeah. these guys have individual names, and they're packing some heavy artillery. And as we find out, uh, Matt and Spider-Man have gotten some information on some a weapons deal yes, from the from, Black Cat. From the issue, well, they stole it from the Black Cat. Interesting side note, I really enjoy what they've done with Black Cat. What have they done with her? You know how she was kind of, like, she started out as kind of a version of You could say Catwoman. Catwoman. Yeah, okay. And Black then, Cat? No, I never would have guessed that. <laughs> And then she kind of became a good guy. Yes. Well, during Superior Spider-Man, when Doc Ock was behind the wheel of Peter's body, yes, he beat the crap out of her. That's not cool. Tossed her to the cops, and she lost everything. Everything she's ever stolen, everything. And she just flipped. And she's full-on, like, crime boss now. Oh. And just, like kind of really no pun intended getting her claws into everything so she's like a legitimate villain that they're doing really well okay so peter's told her like listen it wasn't me it was this and she's like it was the one-armed man care it wasn't me it was the eight-armed man in this case (laughs) six actually but anyway so yeah so if you're curious about that you can check that out in current issues of amazing spider-man so they get you know they get information yep. on these guys and they and Matt busts in but he is not alone. We got Luke Cage everybody. Luke Cage. Uh next week Defenders number 1 comes out. Okay. With this lineup? Yeah, by Bendis. The, with the Netflix lineup. The okay. Daredevil Luke Cage, Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. Well folks, if you can uh if you're if you're like me and you actually want to see Iron Fist's costume, Defenders number 1. Yes. is coming out. Although the current version is not all that great. It's the tracksuit. You know what it's better than? Nothing, yep. which is what they have in the show. Agreed. <laughs> Just putting that right. out there. I, no, I, I got you. You're right. Okay. So, um, now we get some flashback scenes. Matt's with the DA kind of, yeah. you know, getting approval to do this little, whatever. He, he's up to something. He's going to bust these guys. And yeah. the DA, like, knows that Matt is friends with Daredevil. And we get a little insight, a little weird insight into, like, the Marvel legal system. We're like... Spider-Man and the Vigilantes are not legal, but the law seems to understand their need because there's for every one of them, there's a supervillain. Checks and balances. Checks and balances. Yep. Interesting little take there. I really like the way um, Charles Soule structures the story. With kind of like revealing... Like he... Not non-linear kind of... Yeah, he's good with a reveal. Yeah. Um... And especially at the last page of this issue, because we are given no clue as to what's what Matt's grand plan is. And for the most part, the issue's kind of standard comic book superhero fare. Doesn't like there's a fight that happens and Echo shows up. Um, 
And for some reason, like, Matt can't, Daredevil can't touch the criminals. Right. Legally, he can't touch them. Legally, he can't touch criminals. And we don't know why, because apparently it's part of his big plan. But even in that, like, there's not a lot that kind of gets your pulse racing in this issue up until the end. Right. So these guys get busted. And Matt, they're going to build a case around the one that... Basically, there's four of these guys. Three of them get away, but one does not. Yeah. So they're going to build a case on this guy. They're going to bring him into court. And this is where Matt's big plan gets put into motion and where we get set up on a cliffhanger. (sighs) Okay. So the last page... Who was on the stand ready yeah, to testify? The, or the couple of pages leading up to that, they're swearing someone in. Right. They're in the court. They're swearing someone in. And you think it's going to be the criminal that they caught. Right. No. But it's not. No. It's, it's, it's Daredevil. It's Daredevil. And for some reason, he's in his classic costume. I know you're a little miffed about that. Well, hang which, on. Which baffles me. I want to clarify this. Because you I'm wanted not, him back in the classic costume. I do. And I'm happy to see it here. My question is why? Okay, but then there's like you pointed out to be continued. I have yeah, to I, I, obviously, yeah. I'll but get, that gets you excited for the next issue. Sure does. That last panel. Um, here and there's a cover for number twenty two. Look at that. He's in the classic yeah. costume. All right. Here's here's the explanation I can offer for Daredevil appearing in the the classic Reds. Go on. You're probably not going to like it, but this probably is the not. explanation. But what? Okay. Cast your mind back to Civil War. Yeah. At the time... Try to forget it, but go on. Peter was wearing the Stark suit, the Iron Spider costume. Remember the the orange and red one? I thought he got that after the nope. unmasking. Mm-mm. Got it before. Are you sure about that? <laughs> the disingenuous look I just got. Oh, my God. Okay. So... I thought, he got, I thought Stark gave it to him after he agreed to reveal himself, but okay. Yeah. So he shows up at the press conference in his classic costume, and they make a point of saying, "This is how people know me." Okay. All right. We'll we'll that's see. How, that's how people know him. I, I, okay. If if that's all it is, that's kind of lame sauce. But I mean, I th- it works. It gets it, him, it gets works. him back in the reds. We wanted him back in. the I reds. want him back in the reds anyway. I'd I like. I didn't mind the black suit as much as you did. I just don't like the tape. That's all. I know. I know. It's not so, practical. So yeah, I'm definitely excited for the next issue. And yeah. Excited to see where this story's going to go. Uh, Daredevil, um, my favorite character. My it's and it's one of my. I'm going to be really honest, man. One of my very few Marvel pulls right now that I read regularly. Yep. Top of my read pile every week is not Marvel or DC. It's all my creator-owned stuff. Nothing much else holds my interest anymore. But Daredevil and, uh, to a lesser extent, The Punisher, to a much lesser extent nowadays. Yeah, I, uh, I dropped yeah, The Punisher. Yeah, you're probably, probably a good yeah. girl. Uh, Daredevil, you, though, always will be always will be there for me. Did you get the new Darth Vader number one? No, I'm... I'm, I'm Charles Soule, dude. I know. I... I you I liked re- the last series. I love the last series. He did not write that one, though. Well, I'm saying he is writing this one, and I know. we like his work. I know, I know. I, I'm uh, I'm kind of making a conscious effort to step back a little bit from some of my Star Wars and Marvel, and I'm I'm just I'm culling the herd a little okay. bit. Are you still you're still reading the main book though? Main main Star Wars, yeah, which yeah. has been good. It's, um, still enjoyable, pretty good. I I will miss that that first Vader book though. <laughs> well, you can. 
read mine when I'm done with it. Well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm not doing like the uh, there's all the mini series like the Poe Dameron. Yeah, I don't I, do. All I, I can't that. handle yeah, all of that. Yeah, too um, much. Even Doctor Afra has her own book now. It's like yeah, I like there as a guest star. I don't mind that they're doing like a four or five issue miniseries pop. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's fine. If I hear good things about it, I may look into a trade. But just uh, give the evil droids a book. I'll buy oh, that God, one. Yes, please. I will buy that book. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Put them in Last Jedi, please. Oh, man. Can we have them show up in Last Jedi? I have a feeling they're not going to make it into the trilogy. No. Or into, well, they're in the trilogy technically because uh, aren't they, isn't um, the Vader book, didn't, it took place after episode four? That, well, the Marvel stuff's all canon. It is canon, So, yes. I, but I'm saying, so they, they, it was kind of after episode four where those guys were around. Yeah. And then we never really see them again. Well, obviously, we never saw them in the movies. I guess they could show up, although there'll be a hell of a time gap between their appearances in these comics and then the current they're droids they are droids yeah 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 Yeah. true true yeah so all right fair enough all right well we've done daredevil and paper and now i believe it's time to rustle some papers oh that reminds me um you know you know how you miss the old marvel studios Flash yeah. intro. Yeah. Uh, DC has one now. I saw it online. It's pretty good. I like it. Question about it. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So, in that little montage, montage, um, Superman. Yeah. Batman. Yep. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Flash. Yeah. Aquaman. Cyborg. Cyborg. Green Lantern. Aha! Why is he there? They he ain't on, in the movie, son. They're planning, air finger quotes, uh, for 2020, a Green Lantern Corps movie. Are they going to hope that everyone forgot about Ryan Reynolds by then? I think so. Okay. I, think, I think legitimately if, if the best case scenario plays out and DC totally turns it around in their films, it's then it will have been almost... Either a little before or a little after 10 years hmm. since. Okay. Because when you ask people what they think of when they, uh, when you ask about Ryan Reynolds now, they De- think of Deadpool. Deadpool. True. But I think, I think the stench of Green Lantern has worn off. Let's hope so. It, it, we have, we have get, new stenches from DC. It, it, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's probably like, you thought I was bad. You, you see Batman <laughs> versus Superman? Oh, my God. Um, okay. That's fair. So, I was just curious because like, he's not there but there he is like yeah. no i'm i'm okay with that because green lantern is uh probably he's easily my second favorite uh dc character behind actually you know what mm. Mm. if i really sat down mm. and did like a top five list of dc characters yeah batman still probably be number one <laughs> batman be number one green lantern be number two uh shazam would be number three and then four or five, I just, yeah. Actually, you know, I was, I mentioned this to a friend of mine earlier, and then I promise, folks, we'll get into the episode. <laughs> if DC slash Warner Brothers was really smart. Yeah. If, really smart. It's a big if. One movie that they would get in production really quick. And you know what? You can say, yes, it takes place in the DC Cinematic Universe, but you don't even, you don't have to worry about really tying it into the big ones yet. What character would work 
so well in today's world, the the real world that we live in, the climate that we live in, the the modern age we live in, with everything that's going on in like technology, big corporations, politics, all that stuff, governmental relationships, what character would be so perfect to do right now? Booster Gold. I'm asking you a question. Oh, I see what you did. Yeah. 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 He would he would work so well. I think you brought this up to me, and I'm not saying it wouldn't work, but I feel like he's been overshadowed by his darker, grimmer, already in the movies, uh Alan Moore. Uh, inspired counterpart. Yeah, <laughs> that he being was, Rorschach. But Rorschach was in one movie. Yeah, but that, that movie cast a long shadow. Also coming up on ten years old. For yeah, us. Yes, it cast long shadow. General public. General. You'd be surprised. You know, that movie, moviegoer. You'd be surprised. Mm, no. it's, it's on TV a lot. People's people know it's a I'm, people I'm are not, aware I'm of not, it, man. I'm not besmirching it by any means. I love that movie, but I'm saying, do the question. They're not going to do the question. I know they're not going to. Let me do go the ahead question. and just stop you right there. Yeah, I know. Okay. Booster Gold, though. Be a nice comedy. Yeah, sure. Do Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie. I'm in. Dude, Ted, Ted Cord, man. All all day. Yeah. Let's go. Sands bullet through the skull. Ted Cord. Yeah. Although, I, I, did he get better I with think the he new? Got better. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. So, comics, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Episode 10. To quote Allison Chains, there's a man in the box. Wow. All right. Uh, yes. What? A, okay. Get this out of the way right now. Okay. As you keep saying, this show, right when you think it's the best, just keeps getting a little bit better. So on the surface, this episode is, you know, we're filling some plot points, moving things along, but it has one of the best scenes in the series in this episode. Ninja Grappling Gun? Well, that too. <laughs> well, that too. I'm, I'm assuming you're talking we're gonna about... We're going to get to it. Cut. You want to cut to the chase we here? We can cut right to it. Matt visits Fisk? Yes! <laughs> yes! Go ahead, sir. Dude. D'Onofrio. In this scene. D'Onofrio in any scene. He's oh, in. I know. I know. But, he, you know, he, he plays the kingpin in a certain way all the time. Very, almost like reserved to a fault. Not to a fault, but like he—you could just tell this guy is holding something back at all times, kind of, you know. And Matt knows that he was behind Frank getting out of jail. He denies it, and you know he—he's—he's yeah. he's, he's, he's giving lip service because you know he doesn't want to spend more time in jail, being accused of of breaking another prisoner out. And then once. Fisk's lawyer turns off that tape, and Matt decides to prod him a little more about Vanessa. Yeah, you see the the animal out of the cage because up until he snaps the cuffs, you think Matt has control of the situation, right? Well, and then the moment he snaps the cuffs, you realize Matt had no control of that situation no. from the moment he walked in the building well i kind of figured that to begin with but i didn't you know once once the cuffs are off though you know we already have established in the last episode that fisk has this prison under his thumb yeah guards prisoners 
Everything. So the illusion of him with the cuffs on is like, okay, well, you know, he's yeah. going through the motions for Matt. But but I still, knowing Fisk, you know, you'd never never take your eye off him and never underestimate him. But it's, So Matt's prodding him about Vanessa, and, it's, and Matt thinks, like, I got you. I yeah. got you. Oh, Matt. Oh. Oh, Matt. No. No, sir. So he bounces Matt's head off a steel table a couple times. Yeah. And then tells him, when I get out... It's not just you that's going to suffer. Right. It's everyone. Yeah. And he names Fo- he names Foggy le- legal Proper. name Franklin Percy Nelson. Yeah. And then Ooh. at that point, Matt dissolves into a blubbering, begging. He doesn't beg, but he knows um, he- he's in trouble. Yeah. Because he knows Fisk is going to get out. Yep. It's just a matter of time. And he knows that he's building his power in prison. And yeah, he's, it's only a matter of time till he, he gets out and unleashes that power. Yeah. And not only that, we see later in the episode, Fisk is thinking. Oh, of course and he is. And he asks to get the file on Murdoch. Yeah. He wants to reexamine it. Mm-hmm. The, he, and he also the, the already fist knows. on his chin is somewhat recognizable. Well, we'll see. Yeah, well, we, Which we I, I think is kind of, is, is a, I'm not crazy about that. Hey. It's, kind, it's kind of like a lamer version of the Kiss and Batman Returns when they figure out <laughs> who each other are. Um, I don't know if that was the specific trigger. I think he had suspicions before that when they, when he, when he had him. I th- he had to. He how, had to. How did Fisk find out in the comics? Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that information was uh, brought to him because Karen... Can I, can, I, can I spoil Born Again for everyone who hasn't read it yet? Well, I'm about oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Karen, yeah Karen, Karen's in a low spot, and she sells out Matt's secret identity. Karen that's sold as, That's as Matt much as Fisk. I can... Yep. ...tell you, without spoiling too much about the comics. Folks, read Born Again, oh, by God, the way. Yes. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll review that and one of our in-between. not for nothing. Given the gravity of this scene with Fisk and the things he says to Matt, very born again. Season three is going to be born again, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just put that on the table. I think season three is going to be born again, or at least some approximation of it. I hope so. With with Bullseye, I really love to see Bullseye. In Can there. we? Uh, I want to talk about that so badly because there's something coming up in this series that we can't talk about yet because it's not happened yet, but. We'll get there. My, go ahead. Go ahead. Is it a spoiler to know what happens to Electra at this point? No. Okay. No, because folks, if all right, we'll do this, folks. If you haven't watched episode the full season two of Daredevil, and you have not, and you are not versed in the comic books, spoilers ahead. Come back to this episode after you finish. Yeah. Season. All right. So, so spoilers in four. Three, right. two, one. She dies. Yes. She dies in the last episode. Yes. But. Not the way not she dies. Not the way in the she comics. dies in the comics. And, and, and not for nothing, that does kind of bother me. Because it's. It's getting further into spoilers. We can't talk about too much. But bottom line Daredevil. See, in the, in the show, Daredevil and Fisk. Arch en- in the comics too, arch enemies. It's so much more deeper than that in the comics. But in the comics, it's deeper. And not only that, 
there's there's other villains in Matt's in the comics that Matt is mm, arch nemesis with. Yeah. The main one being Bullseye. Yeah. It's it's Fisk and like Fisk, Fisk is and, one Bullseye is one A. Exactly, exactly. So not having him here to kill Electra is a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. Um it, Especially it's, as much as I hate to admit it, it's one of the things that the movie did better than the series. I will say it. Because the you movie, know they took it right off the page. We're going to talk about the Affleck movie. We're probably going to do a full thing on it at some point. It's, yeah. it's, it's the nature of our show. We're going to do it. Yeah. And, and I think we should do it. But And I will say it, and I'll say it again and again about the movie. It's not the best movie. It's flawed as hell. Yep. But. They did some things right. It's heart. To be, I mean, really, its heart was in the right place. It really was. Yeah. They tried to really distill Daredevil's big moments for his whole existence to that point into the movie. Yeah. And that's admirable. Yep. Not necessarily wise, but admirable. <laughs> no, I mean, there's the movie has definitely high points and low points. Yeah. And um, and the whole death thing, it was right off the page. Yeah. The sequencing, the playing card to the throat. The angle everything. of the camera. Yeah. Because if I remember correctly, in the comic, that panel is slightly askewed, and they did that in the film, too. Yeah. Yep. Everything. In the dialogue. You're good, but me, I, I'm, I'm magic. magic. All of it. And we don't get, we, we're not going to get that here. Yeah. So even if they introduced their, uh, Bullseye in season three, we're missing that visceral grudge. That yeah. Matt would have with him. I mean, if you've seen the Defenders trailer, you know Electra's coming back. Yeah, right, right, right. But like, Spoilers. okay, if you bring, <laughs> if you bring Bullseye in season three, which I hope they do, and then kill Electra all over again, it doesn't have the same impact, right? Like, I kind of see what they did with killing Electra the way they did in this season because it kind of it it's the same thing they did with Ben Urich. Yeah, you. They did it more for the people who know the comics than the people who don't know the comics. Right. To give you an element of surprise, to give you a sense that none of these, the characters you think are safe to an extent are not necessarily safe to an extent. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I I would really have preferred Bullseye have been involved. They didn't even have to necessarily, like, name him. But if he, if he would have shown up yeah. in, in the last episode or something as, like, the hands... Hired goo. I don't know. I, I can't make it. Yeah. But just have him there he was, to if, do the deed. If he was the French assassin, okay, in the airport, sure. Which French assassin term in and of itself is an oxymoron. Hey, um, <laughs> I'm joking. Leave the French alone. Um, yeah. Then that's you want to do it there. That's one thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. No. I. I, I I'm, I, I'm conflicted. I, yeah. Because I love bulls. I love Matt. For, dude, Matt and Bullseye. That's like. It's it's a conflict of riches though because oh yeah the comics are great the show's great we're it's we're swimming in in Daredevil greatness right now yeah so it's hard to like be really mad about this but yeah I yeah. I would have I would have really liked that moment to be done in the show no I'm not going to fault you for that um, but yeah that was definitely the scene of this episode Fisk oh dude. Did not feel so good, dude. I love the affidavit that Matt has to sign before walking in there. I'm like, why are you even bothering walking in? You, there, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. So, yeah. but Matt, that's that's what I like about Matt is that he's determined and he's skilled, but he's not as calculated. No, he doesn't 
he, for someone who is determined in his skills he is he could take a little lesson from Batman and maybe think three or four steps ahead. But this is why I love Daredevil. He screws up. Yeah. No, and, that's, and, and that's okay. Like he's a he's he's for all the superhuman abilities he has, he is human. Yeah. Painfully so. And that's why I like him. That's why that's why he's my boy. So now I think to the the second best part of the the episode, the ninja grappling gun. Well, that happens later because it's just a, a great visual. Oh, of course, of how it. they oh, do yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah. You get you get the sound of the grappling gun being fired and hooking onto the roof, and then after that, the actual hand ninjas going upside the building. There's no sound. It's just beautiful. They're they're quiet. They're ninjas. They're the ninja vanish. Yes. Um, yeah, the hand, uh, well, we should talk about that. They're, they're going after all the people that Matt broke out of the farm from the last episode, the yes. blood farm. And Claire reveals to Matt that their blood was drained and other stuff was pumped into them as that well. Toxicology reports cannot identify. Right. And it's kind of like it's still in their system and they suspect that it's being incubated in these people for something. So not only do we have hand ninjas, we also have hand zombie kids. I have hand zombies written here. And have, they and they kill zombie kids. And they kill someone. Yeah, Danny kills his father. Yeah. Not Danny Rand. Uh, not no, Danny. he's not Danny and he's also not Danny from Ninja Turtles. Um <laughs> see, Ninja Turtles. Danny. Give us a little splinter. Daredevil. Give, see? give us a little splinter. Have you nowhere to go to Danny? No parents? This is your family. I am your father. Oh, I can't do. I can't do Shredder. I can only do Splinter. Um, so Matt hooked up that hospital gig with Claire. Yeah, he wants them kept off the radar. He doesn't want anyone to know that they're there because whoever is whoever whoever they were being ca- held captive by, they will come looking for them and they will kill anyone involved. Hey, Matt. Way to put him on Claire's watch. Exactly. Is we have an instance once again of Matt. Oy. I mean, Matt claims to care about Claire, but well, he's putting her right into the firing range. Here. He does ask her though, "Would you ever fuse?" And she said, "No." But yeah, but that's again, that's Matt being calculating, but not looking that third and fourth step ahead because he's like, "Okay, oh, Claire can take care of him." Oh, wait. The the danger that the hand presents is becoming more and more evident to Matt. He has an understanding now, especially having encountered Nobu again. Yeah. Of how much he doesn't understand about the hand and how dangerous they are. But he at least knew that they would come looking and willing to kill, and he still sent them to Claire. Yeah. I'm not crazy about that. But again, he she does kind of say that she would not have turned him down no matter what. Yeah, she is a kindred spirit. Um, she's she's on the mission like Matt is ultimately, and I, yeah. I I do like that about the character that they've that they've given her, and I like how she shows up and all this stuff. She does have a purpose. She is kind of the glue of all the Defender shows, and you know it's not baseless. Yeah. Claire, Claire is selfless, and she's a hero in her own right. Yep. So we got hand ninjas showing up at the hospital, but there's someone else at the hospital, and for a reason. Foggy got Foggy clipped. got clipped. He's at the hospital too, and he got clipped because Frank is out. Reyes calls in Matt, Karen, and and Foggy yeah, to their old, office. We old Nelson and Murdoch reunion at City Hall. Oh, things are awkward. Yeah, so awkward. So Reyes, the DA, assistant DA, whatever she is, no, she's DA. Okay, she comes clean to them about the whole botched 
job, the yes. botched sting that got Frank's family killed in Central Park. She made the decision not to clear the park. Right. And right when she's spilling her guts, she spills her guts. Bang, 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 bang. Machine gun fire. She's dead. Foggy gets hit. Now, did you here's think, the thing. When you first saw this, yes. did you think it was Frank? No. Yeah. Here's why. A DA, even for Frank, mm, I I think he, I think Frank would do it if the DA was a legitimate criminal. Yes. It would, um, he's, then if you're le- in, in Frank's, you got to remember, Frank's gotta, way of thinking, once again, to quote the Dolph Lundgren movie, if you're guilty, you're dead. So, and she's, she's I'm, I'm guilty, air quoting but, yeah. guilty here. He wouldn't, I don't think he would kill her for that, even if it was his family, because her guilt is kind of a technicality. Yeah. He wouldn't do that. And not for not to mention, we also know Frank is tactical. Now, granted, he didn't show it that well in that scene in the hospital earlier this season when he shows no. up with the shotgun. But not known for being a precision weapon. Right. But at his word though, he says if he told Karen, if I wanted you, you dead, you'd be dead. Yeah. You were not in danger. So seeing the bullets fly askew. Killing Reyes, yeah, sure, but you also clipped Foggy, who was in it, who was innocent. Yep, Frank wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. He's yeah, not going to. The shooter is targeting indiscriminately. Right, that's not Frank's style. Yeah. Frank's very precise. Again, despite visual evidence in the show, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's doubled down later on um, when they go to Karen and the uh, reporter, the guy from the Bulletin, takes her. They go see the medical examiner. Who, spoilers, is also dead now. He's been shot and killed. His apartment's all shot up, yeah. too. And it's a total, it's a disaster. Yeah. You know, bullets, and granted, he's the only victim. No one else was, was shot, but just the, the, the pattern of, of gunfire was totally spastic. Again, not Frank's style, especially for one guy in an apartment building. Frank would find a much cleaner way to end that guy if he wanted to. And Karen sees it right away and calls it out and says, this, isn't, this wasn't him. Now, granted, she's being emotional because she has kind of a personal tie to Frank. Yeah. And uh, I, I keep forgetting his name, but the, the head of the bulletin. I'm actually looking that up right now because I really like his his character from season one to season two has really grown on me. Yeah. Not that I didn't like him, but it's, just, it's a really... Well, his good. character's growing. He's kind yeah. of taking... The, not for nothing, he's kind of taking on the role of Ben. He really is because he's become as protective as Ben was in the first season. Yeah. Not only because, you know, he sees possibly a vulnerability to Karen, but because of what he feels guilt of what ha- over what happened to Ben. Sure. Because he just doesn't want to have that happen again. Uh, the character's name... Where are you, dude? <laughs> but he cautions her, don't let your emotions get yeah, in the way sent, of the facts. And he sends two cops with her, too, to go back to her apartment. And she goes back to her apartment, and those two cops wait outside while she, you know, gets ready or whatever. And uh, thump, thump, a couple, some, some, some fisticuffs outside the door. Karen, Karen hears this. And who should be outside the door? It's Frank! Frank! Hands up. She pulls a gun. Is that the same gun? By the way, is that her gun that she took from Wesley? Yes. It is? Yes. Okay. 
All right, all right. Just checking. Um, the character's name is Ellison. Ellison. Okay. Yes. Played by Jeffrey Cantor. I thought his name was not, uh, not Paul Giamatti. Actually, like you see that dude without his beard. He's definitely not Paul Giamatti. Yeah. <laughs> With the beard, though, he's not Paul Giamatti. Yeah, kind of. He's certainly not J. Jones James. No, which should be. Different paper, man. Ben York. It's a rival paper. Ben York worked at the Daily Bugle. He, maybe he bounced around. Maybe he freelanced a little bit. Nah. Yeah, I'm just, just, just throwing it out there. So Frank shows up, and he, and like we thought, like we the viewer thought, he says it wasn't me. There, it's, it's, and and Karen, you know, she believes him. And then right when she's like, you know, on the fence because you know he's, she's got a gun on him. <gasps> click, click. Gunfire. They have now taken a shot at Karen. So whoever it is, they're trying to hit everyone involved in the mob hit. Yeah. Because it's clear now, like, once once you realize that it's not Frank, the blacksmith is starting to gain a lot of traction this episode. Yeah, the whole blacksmith uh, name drop last episode comes into play here. Because he wasn't at, apparently, he was this big bad that was supposed to be the guy in between all the mob factions or whatever at Central yeah. Park. He never showed to that meet. And that's when everything went bad and Frank's family got killed. Yeah. Um, so, someone's taken all these people out. Frank's escaped. Wasn't him. Matt's got to fight some ninjas next episode. Yep. There well, we are. Let's let's not forget that. Let's um, not forget Electra. Let's not forget Electra, who apparently is flying United. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're a few weeks late, but that's still good. It's still it's still good. Still works. Question about that? Yep. Um, I don't know because I'm just a you know a layman, if you will, blue collar kind of guy. I fly coach. Do all these private jet airports have like a full stacked bar i i have a no like a bar in a hangar right maybe with a good selection too wouldn't surprise me well if you're gonna have bar in a hangar that's you know top shelf only sir i guess your clientele demands it come on just checking i'm just checking so she's flirting with that guy but spoilers that guy was there to kill her yes and then double spoilers double spoilers they're fighting as soon as he pulled out the size, I was like, oh, dude, no. Oh, no. No, 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 just, no. You don't understand you just, how this you works. You sealed your own fate. You, 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 you don't come at Electra with size, dude. That's her gimmick. You can't. You don't do that. I lost the size. Thank you for that. But I can get it back. I can get it back. Let it go. I don't have someone's shoulder to punch. <laughs> good movie. I want to watch that again. I haven't seen that in years. I watched it. I think maybe two years or so. Ago. Does it hold up? Because Ellis Coteus, who played Casey Jones, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. Uh, Chicago PD. He's he was and on the he was on season two of The Killing. He's, he's great, freaking awesome. Oh, Chicago he's a great actor. Um, I wanted to show it to Julie, and yeah, it's still holds up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. That's good to know. Yeah. As a kid, it was weird, man, because I, you know, you, you like the cartoon. So, like when I saw the movie, I didn't get it. Yeah. As an adult, having because read those like, comics, yeah, you're like, oh, it's it's, it's so good. Yeah. Well, in my memory. Can can I tell you something? Sure. So um the uh the second Michael Bay movie came on streaming services. What's that? Oh oh the the turtles. Ninja turtles. Yeah. Uh the shadows. I've heard it's uh if you like the cartoon, I've heard it's actually kind of enjoyable. I watched it and you know what? I went into it saying, Okay, they're trying to do the cartoon. And there are moments in that film where it is just insane, crazy, fun. 
Like moments when you have the Ninja Turtles fighting Bebop and Rocksteady, who in this in this Bebop and Rocksteady are off the screen, off the small screen on a big screen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like if you are so inclined, it's got the Technodrome in it. And wow. Krang. And he's in the suit. And does he does he talk like Krang? Like 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 yeah, from the cartoon? No, no, it's oh. Brad Garrett voicing him. Oh. Um I, I miss like But like Shrar. there's still Yeah. <laughs> there's it's it wasn't nearly as horrible as the first one. It was filmed in Buffalo parts of it. There was a a chasing where they have the turtle van. Yeah. Full blown like cartoon turtle van shooting sewer holes. Right out like the toy did. Or sewer lids, sewer yeah. caps. Yeah, yeah. Right out of the front of it. Um, what they do with the turtles van makes sense because it's a converted garbage truck. Okay. So seeing as the turtles are freaking 10 feet tall. In See, this, that's the thing. It still takes me out of it. Yeah. It's still like, it's not necessarily their appearance, like putting them in clothes and whatnot. I don't like that either. If you just, just shrink them down. Make them normal sized. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're so inclined it's it's worth a free view on the streaming service that's about it though if i've got a couple hours in an afternoon with absolutely nothing to do yeah i'll consider it because casey jones is terrible but 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 Stephen amell dude was a good cast yeah if i was gonna because i watch arrow I'm like if you told me that Stephen amell was gonna play casey jones in the trolls movie i'd be like yes okay. that's a really solid cast yeah the script didn't do many favors. Okay. See, we can talk about this on this show because Daredevil and the Ninja Turtles have the same origin. Yes. See? Why is there a big crossover? Okay. We got we to gotta get we, on that. We got to do it. All right, folks. Thank you so much again for joining us. We appreciate it. If you would like to send us any questions, comments, or suggestions to the show, you can find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at thedevilsdopod at gmail.com, or you can go to our website and find all these materials at thedevilsdopodcast.com. Uh, we definitely appreciate all of you who have been sharing our new episode postings. Yes, thank you. Uh, please continue to do so. Please continue to get the word out about the show. We appreciate it. Uh, we're picking up traction uh, slowly but but surely, and we're, we're, we're very, very appreciative of all of you who kind of come to us and are willing to give us some time out of your day to listen to two grumpy old geeks ramble about... Who are you calling old, man? <laughs> you bite your tongue, sir. I'm calling myself old. You're the grumpy. I'm the old. I am grumpy. I am definitely grumpy. exceedingly grumpy. If the, if the day ever comes where you know we run on Netflix shows and we have to rebrand this show, I think we'll need to rebrand it like the, the grumpy and the old. Grumpy old geeks. <sighs> Alrighty. Any uh, any last words? Any last thoughts, sir? Before we before we uh, drop. No, the I'm I'm good, man. Uh, thanks to everybody, and uh, don't call me old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Courts adjourned. Mm-hmm.